Welcome to Inside the Monster with Steve Peralt and Joey Capone. Alrighty, we are back. Episode 3. My name is Steve Peralt, the guy to my right. We're in the same studio for the first time ever. Check this out. His name is Joey Capone. I, I was just going to like not name you. I was gonna, the guy to my right, <laughs> guy to my right. <laughs> is a guy, and we are talking <laughs> socks. Uh, so yeah, we are in New York right now. We took the trip, took the flight uh, from Boston to New York, getting ready for opening day. Uh, you texted me, I think, around what, like nine or whenever? No, it would have been like closer to maybe a little after eight, like uh, opening day rained out. Yeah, yeah. Before we even got on the plane, we were still in Boston. Yeah. Realistically, we could have pushed the flight back. But alas, we're here. We're in New York. We're ready for opening day. We're in New York. We are here. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's. I'm glad it happened when it happened. I'm glad it got canceled when it did. Not canceled, postponed when it did. Because if we were sitting here, you know, recording this the night before it was supposed to be opening day, and we don't mm-hmm. really know, and then it's like... Do you go to right. the park? Do you not? I used to hate the games where they'd have you go in, and then all of a sudden you're just kind of sitting there having drinks and snacks and stuff, and then all of a sudden it just doesn't – the game doesn't happen, then you go home. Yeah. Those I, are terrible. I will say, though, I definitely had much more optimism about Thursday being opening day than you did. I think Wednesday you said there's absolutely no shot they yeah. play. Yeah. And – I in my head I was like, oh, I can't wait for the told you so moment. No, no, there and was no chance. There's no. What was the word that you used? You saw in the weather report a ponding street. Yeah, so there was. Uh, I looked at AccuWeather for the Bronx, and it said there's a chance of ponding streets. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we're using pond as a verb. I think, yeah, probably a fair bet to just call it off a day early. Yeah, ponding streets does not sound ideal. But we are going to jump into our season predictions. The 2022 Boston Red Sox coming off of, obviously, a wild 21 year. We're going to do a whole recap of that, but just you guys know what happened. Red Sox get to the ALCS. Things are vibing after that Erod start in Game 3, and then they obviously fall to the Astros in 6. Unfortunate, but the fact that that team, after losing the first series of the year to the Baltimore Orioles, uh, comes within two wins away of hosting the World Series. If I'm not mistaken, they would have hosted the Braves in Game 1. They had a better record. I just don't know how to because like the Braves won the division, Sox were a wild card, so like... If I'm not mistaken, it would still come down to record in the World Series. And so the Sox would have hosted. That would have been insane if they hosted Game 1 of the World Series, considering how even that last week of the regular season went. Um, But guys coming in, guys going out. We got in the building, Trevor Story, JBJ is back, Rich Hill, Michael Walker, James Paxton, Jake Diekman, and Matt Strom. I like Strom. Matty Strom. Strom. Matty Strom, kid. really makes it. Yo, dude, Matty Strom, dude. Strom? Dude, you see Strom out of the pen, bro? You see that guy, kid? Pretty good, dude. Pretty good. I really hope he's good, because I think it goes well with the <laughs> accent. But going out, 
Oh man, it, this this hurts. Yeah, yeah. Fly through this one. Should have gone in the opposite. Kyle Schwarber, man, I'm gonna miss Schwarber so much. Yeah, he yeah. was so much fun. Let man. me just say though, although this isn't fun to say, he looks good in a Phillies uniform. He looks real. That makes it worse. I know. <laughs> I know. It doesn't. <laughs> Let make me it just better. say, even though it's gonna make you feel terrible, he does look good in a Phillies uniform. It works. It works. Weirdly enough, I think that Schwarber, like regardless of uniform, looks really good because he looks like a ball player. That he does. Yeah. Like, he just kind of looks like you're—more of like when we were growing up. I know we have a five-year gap, but, like, a lot of those guys from the early thousands that were a little a little beefier, yeah. had a little more weight on them, and, and Schwarber's got that base. He's got—he's big-boned, <laughs> and uh, you can—I don't know. He just has that look of—also, he's just—the swing, everything about him— mm-hmm. Is very like, yeah, I play baseball. Like, I don't do other sports, obviously. <laughs> yeah. He seems like a guy who's going to be around a ballpark his entire life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Be it, I'm not necessarily saying that he like becomes a manager or coach. No, he won't some, be. I just mean, like, even if he's just at a Tigers game yeah. 20 years from now, he's going to be around a ballpark. Doesn't he have, he has hitting coach kind of written all over That he does. That he does. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I don't even want to say at the MLB level. He's got, <laughs> yeah. he's got like triple A hitting coach in his future. He seems like the guy who would like um, coach his son's high school team. Yes. Like regardless of the fact that he had like a really strong major league career. Yeah. And it's more of the like, don't come up to me for pictures and autographs. Like I'm just here for the kids. It's just Schwartz. Yeah. It's Schwartz. That's just Schwartz that's over coach there. Schwartz. Yes. He had a lot of big hits, but like that's just the guy that's here to coach the games. I'm going to miss Schwarber. Like yeah. I, I was trying, you know, when you're just trying to justify something. And you know it doesn't make sense. Like the the second that we found out that the NL was going to have the DH, it was there was no chance Kyle yeah. Schwarber was coming back. As is with the the setup of the Red Sox right now, hearing that JD Martinez is going to play a lot in the field, we'll see how that goes. If anything, I was wrong about that. I thought it was going to be a mess last year. I don't remember off the top of my head a lot of like, oh my god, JD, what's going on? Moments. I think he was actually good in the field, mm-hmm. but his average at the plate was noticeably different when he had to field versus when he could DH. Mm-hmm. You want to get him in that DH spot as much as possible. I think Cora wants to use that uh, DH role to keep guys healthy, understandable, get him off the field a little bit, uh, You know, have him, have him hanging out more during the games. Xander, Devers, you go down the line, I'm sure Trevor Story at, at some points. But it just didn't make much sense. You got Bob at first, obviously. Uh, Cassis is maybe this year going to be up at some point. There just wasn't really space for him. It's like a breakup that, like, you know wasn't going to work. She's moving to Chicago. Yeah. You just got She's moving to Philly. She's moving to Philly. She's moving to Philadelphia. Yeah. And my gosh, does she look good in Philly uniform? (laughs) (laughs) And you... And you just got a flashy new infield. Your girl's moving to Philly, and she looks great in a Philly uniform. This isn't really an analogy. This is just Kyle Schwarber, and I'm saying your she... girl hits bombs. Yeah. <laughs> Follow this analogy. Your girlfriend's Kyle Schwarber. Um, <laughs> you just you had me early too. Or like she moves, and then it's like yeah, she but... looks great in the uniform. <laughs> like what are we talking but about? No, I mean she she you know it, you're trying to justify to yourself oh, it wasn't going to work anyway. It's yeah. better now than if you know she had moved and then we tried to make it work and whatever. Yeah. But it'd be deep down, you didn't want it. And no, I know. No, it's better. tough. But instead of doing a whole show on Kyle Schwarber, that first, thank you, Kyle Schwarber. Thank for, you, Kyle. Uh, round of applause, Kyle Schwarber. Thanks, Great Kyle. work. Woo! Yeah, Kyle. Great job, Kyle. Nice work. Uh, Hunter Renfro is also out the door. He is in Milwaukee. Obviously, JBJ and some prospects come back in that deal. We talked about it, I think, a little bit. It might have even been in a test podcast, so maybe not on a real podcast, but Stunner. 
absolute stunner that deal that was really yeah. at the last hour there before the lockout. Um, but I, I can't really. It's gonna be. It's gonna take a little time to get used to him not being out there. He had a cannon yeah. in a, a spring training game a couple of days ago. It, 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 that's a great way to end a game, by the way. One, there's one out in the ninth inning, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, and he catches the ball for the second out, guns the guy out for the third out to end the game. Mm-hmm. Pretty damn cool. Yeah. I can't remember that honestly happening in a Sox game, bases loaded in that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So, going to miss Hunter Renfro, but it is what it is. I mean, understandable that you know Heim wanted to bring some prospects back. He loves having controllable players, and JBJ's got familiarity here, and on and on we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to wrap this, uh, obviously Erod in Detroit, we know that. Jose Iglesias, where did Iglesias end up? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I couldn't either. So anyone listening is probably yelling out the team name. You're right. Uh, Garrett Richards is also gone, and uh, obviously an up-and-down year for Garrett Richards. Yeah, very, uh, very. yeah, well, we'll have some claps for Garrett Richards. That, I mean, that bullpen stint was nuts. He had it that was. stretch where it was, it was like, is this guy the best bullpen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guy of all time. Um, but yeah, that was 2021. I mean, it was, you know, hell of a year. Obviously a lot of fun. Team's ready to turn the page. I got to say real quick, a huge shout out uh, to the Red Sox. I, I don't know if I want to call them the production team, but everyone that put together the all access for the Red Sox right. being like back yeah. in season here. Mm. Lucky enough to be a part of that. That was really cool. I thought it looked awful. It was, I, I you can tell, you know how we're like, I feel like we're critical of ourselves a lot and maybe overcritical. Mm-hmm. I was coming sure. from, we were like baking in the sun mm-hmm. and it's just been eaten all off season. I'm like, I feel I look like I look terrible, but it was a ton of fun to be on there. I'm like the only non-Red Sox player on there. I'm like, this is this crazy. Is a- <laughs> yeah. I was watching, dude, that was my point. That was my note about it. Is It goes, Alex Cora, Kike Hernandez, <laughs> you, Christian Arroyo, Xander. <laughs> Back to it's me. like, wait. <laughs> Steve just thrown in the middle there? It is funny. I mean, shout out to Kellen. He, uh, he's with the Sox and he's been there for a while and he put this together. The, any of the all-access stuff is so good. Yeah, like Red Sox great. All Access, Red Sox Report. I've always watched it growing up, and so now I'm like, this is a little nutty to be like a part of it. But I'm also a realist, and I'm like, it's a little insane that it's just me and the players. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a little yeah. bit like, wow, okay, that was nuts. <laughs> but uh, I think I'm going to be a part of it as the season goes on, and I hope I am because that was that was super good. I'll put some makeup on next time. But, yeah, that was that was a ton of fun to be a part of, and it kind of bridged the gap, right? It gets you right back to, to opening day, mm-hmm. which instead of Thursday is now Friday. And that puts us, Joey, at our predictions time. Predictions time. This is our season predictions. Should we have like a sound effect? Yeah, right I was now? gonna say cue the uh, prediction music. Perfect. All righty. Uh, great music. Thank you. So we're gonna start it off with bold predictions. Bold predictions. Everybody loves bold predictions. It gets the people going. And I'm just going to jump right into mine. Do it. We'll, we'll alternate here. Rafael Devers will lead Major League Baseball in home runs. With? Oh, you want the number. I'm going to get into the numbers okay. right now. Okay. I thought you were going to be like, what? I Whoa, almost, oh. Isn't that nuts? What? Rafael yeah. Devers? What? Yeah. So here's the deal. Rafi last year had 38 home runs. The MLB leaders were, were Salvador Perez uh, and Vladdy Jr. They both had 48. Now, you're probably sitting at home, maybe in the car. I don't know what you're doing. You might be getting groceries. And you're thinking, Rafi was 10 away from the lead? What are you talking about, Steve? That's crazy. Well, if you really break it down, he's only got to add a couple more homers each month of the year. And staying at the same pace as last year, plus two a month. Did you watch him in spring training? I think it's doable mm-hmm. for him to go from 38 to 48. Is it a big jump? Yes. Rafi's mm-hmm. probably going to, if you you know take his 
top eight years of his career, further down the line, he'll probably be like a 35 homer a year guy, 30 to 35, somewhere in that range. Which, don't get me wrong, that's great. That's great. If he's doing that and he's hitting, what, uh, 280 with like 120, 110, 120 RBIs, that's fine. OPS in the nines, love it. Uh, if, his, if his glove gets a little better, that would be great. But last six full MLB seasons, the AL leader has had 48 home runs. The MLB leader has had 50 home runs in terms of uh, leader in home runs. Mm-hmm. So I basically just repeated myself. That was stupid. But Rafi at this point, I think he's a guy that's ready for a mega season. I, like I understand that he's been he's been at All Star caliber caliber level. He starts the All Star game last year. I think he's finally at that point where we could be in even late May and doing the projection. I love doing this, by the way. Mm-hmm. I love being two months into the season, being like, if he stays at this pace, he'll have like eighty five home runs. Like I, I really want to be able to do that by the start of June. And I think Devers has a chance. I, I I really do. Spring training pop, like I mentioned, was there. I think he's got that next level to go to. And one of the most important parts of this, uh, Joey, mm-hmm. I almost called you Bobby. <laughs> one of the most important parts of this, Bob, is that he's played in 96% of the Red Sox games the last three uh, full seasons. They're just the last three seasons in general. That includes the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. So last three years, Rafi has played in 96% of the games. He had 38 bombs last year. He's 10 off the, the league leader. I think there's a very good chance that he is going to lead Major League Baseball in home runs, and that's my bold prediction. What do you got? Let me tell you. We might look back you know, two months into the season and realize, I don't know how bold that was. Because it oh, might, okay. might just be might just be a the prediction? way it looks. You think might that's, just, you think that's just a prediction? Yeah, I don't okay. know. I don't know. Well, it's a little less bold than mine. Uh, I, mine is a little bit emotion based, okay. as all of these are a little bit. I guess kind of hard not to be. Yeah, um, I've had a great feeling about James Paxton just since the beginning. Okay, right. Yeah. He's a guy who had two injuries back to back, basically the same injury back to back, and had one start uh, in or, or three starts um, in between those two injuries. Yeah, usually not a great sign. He's had more time to heal after the second surgery. He's also uh, ahead of pace. Mm. <laughs> My bold prediction. Paxton surprises people. He has an early return. He ends the year with a sub-4 ERA. Okay. That's not bad. That's I'll, I'll give it to it's you. It's realistically I, bold. I think it's bold light. I, yeah. I think it's like it's when I think of bold and like caps and like mm-hmm. yours is like a little lighter of a bold. I had – it is kind of bold light because what I actually wrote down was a 3.4 ERA. Okay. And I dialed it back in real time there. Yeah. It just, 3.4 might be a little ambitious, but I think a sub-4 ERA is a realistic yet somewhat bold prediction for Paxton. Um, do you want to move along here to, what do we got next? No, no, no. We ain't going nowhere. We're not going nowhere? More Joey, bold predictions? we're not going nowhere. We got the listeners' bold predictions. Oh! We have the listeners' bold predictions. Oh, we baby. asked for them on the Twitter machine, at ITM underscore pod, if you're not following yet. And if you're not following yet, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, you got to wake up, kid. But here we go. Obviously, we got Coop checking in. Xander has a 30-30 season. I don't hate that. Nope, could see it. That also feels a little bold light. Uh, Sam says Kike hits 25-plus bombs, wins a gold glove, and finishes top five in MVP voting. Wow. Top five in MVP with 25 bombs? I mean, he has to have the greatest glove of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, he hit 25, and he also hit 255. Let's say hypothetically, Kike's got 28 bombs, Mm -hmm. hits like 
two sixty. I mean, for he's got to hit like three twenty. <laughs> yeah, just he's a singles hit, machine. Yeah, three twenty singles machine. A bunch of walk offs. So like you know highlights are everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So Sam, if that happens, I'll buy you something. I don't know what it is, but get excited. It's bold. That is very That's a bold, bold. Heavy. <laughs> uh, James Garrett Whitlock emerges as the Red Sox closer and has thirty plus saves. Wow. Further solidifying himself as a top ten reliever in baseball. James, that would be insane. That would be crazy. I personally don't want him to be the closer mm-hmm. because of his value to the overall pitching staff, whatever you want to call it. Um, but hey, there's a ch- there is a chance. That Whitlock will be the closer. Nick Pavetta, this is from Sean. Mm-hmm. Nick Pavetta will be an all-star. There's oh. I, I think that's I, I'm gonna put that bold light as well. I think there's a I think when I think bold, I think like Devers being the league leader in MLB homers is like that's pretty bold. That's bold. But it's also I, I think Pavetta being an all-star falls into bold period category. Okay, that's fine. That's I, w- I would argue. We're going to create about He's 80 a- different bold <laughs> categories. <laughs> Hope someone's working on the graphic. Yes, <laughs> please. Uh, Whitlock gets Cy Young votes. That's That would the be nuts. rather nuts. Yeah. I mean, hey, maybe that's the closer thing. Maybe he becomes the closer. He's got like 40 saves, <laughs> and he gets some Cy Young votes. He would have to be in that, yes. in that range. Uh, Jess says, Pavetta AL Cy Young Award winner. That's I mean, that's a step up from All-Star. My goodness. Yeah. And we'll actually we'll end on that one because that, if you think Pavetta's going to win the Cy Young, I think you got a bold prediction. That's right? a bold I, that prediction. is a bold prediction. So <clears throat> moving on, Joey. Um, yep, I'm going to toss it to you because the next category is most home runs on the team prediction. It sure is. Obviously, I got Rafael Devers. I got him at 48, mm-hmm. uh, leading all of Major League Baseball. Who you got? I have Devers as well. Okay, which is why I reacted the way I did when you said that he was going to lead the majors. I wanted to get your number. Uh, I'm just below you. I'm at 44. Okay. Um, so last year, like you were saying, 38. Um, I don't know. Did we ever put an actual date on when Devers hurt his arm at the end of the year? An actual date on it? I don't know. Yeah. I, well, I feel like we didn't really know. And then he had like the sleeve. Mm-hmm. It was it was in September. I want to say it might have mm-hmm. been around that Yankees series where Yankees came here and swept them. Yeah. I think it was somewhere around there. And then, you know, you get to the playoffs. By the way, like... It's so it's gonna sound so dumb. It's so easy for us to watch these games on the couch mm-hmm. and just assume these guys to be like superheroes. Yeah. But yep. if your forearm, you're leading, you're like clear the ball out forearm mm-hmm. is is effed up. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, how can you be effective? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm stunned he was doing what he was doing. There were yeah, there were swings last year where his bottom hand, his leading hand, yeah. just fell off the bat. Yeah. And he was swinging like left arm only, like kind of like shouldering through the ball. And the funny thing is like Devers as is will already give you all the antics. Mm-hmm. Devers' antics plus Devers' forearm antics was yeah. like, that was actually kind of hilarious because, not a lot, I mean, he was in pain. I'm just saying, like, right, like right, right, right. that was super funny. <laughs> Dude, that was super funny that, like, his arm was hurting him but so no, much. It was like Bartolo-esque. Like, like the, it like was. The it was. The 360s. It was. But, and then he has, you know, very important bombs, obviously, and, uh, you know. Gave him a chance. Gave him a chance to get to the World Series with a messed up forearm. Mm. Devers is just a ball player, man. I think that's what I love most about this team. They got ball players. You see Pavetta, Vasquez, you go down the list, JD. Obviously, we want Sale back. We're not mm-hmm. going to talk much about Sale on this. We all, Chris Sale's out until June. All right, that yeah. is what it is. Yeah. I think if you're a legitimate Sox fan, you understand there was probably going to be some injury issues with him this year. There you go. Yeah, He's out until June. 
whatever. The, anyway, the rotation's going to have to figure it out. Yeah. But we're not focusing on it. No, we're, we're not focusing, focusing on, on that. Devers, but Devers, I just, Devers, I, I, Devers, this is ball players, dude. Yeah. It's just ball players uh, in this team. We talked a bit before about like where does Devers generate his power from like when he hits Tree that. trunk legs. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, even these these uh, you know, home runs that are coming off of ankle shots. Yeah. You know, like where is he getting it from? Uh, he was hitting home runs with basically one arm last year. It's all it's all uh those those legs. <laughs> God, I hate it. We're just talking about them like being superheroes. Now, to break them down, like they're like, I don't know, some clay figurines feels so like dehumanizing and weird. The best, I gotta say, real quick, that like it is, it is nice to do a podcast in the same room. Oh, yeah. I don't think, I can't remember the last sock spot I've done in the same room as it has been a long it was 2019 i think or i guess early 2020 but it's been a minute and naturally as i say that someone's <laughs> rolling down the hall yeah. like making as much to, you sure you like doing it in person buddy I, I love being in the studio but it's, it's funny like I, next I say that to say that like i'm looking at your face as you're trying to find the right way to describe devers hitting bombs you're like it's all in we know what it's. It's the legs. It's those legs. It's baby. those tree trunk we legs. We know what it is. Um, but yeah, that's our, our yeah. top home run prediction uh, for the Red Sox. We each have Rafael Devers. I got him at forty eight. What was your number again? Uh, forty four. I don't know if I ever said it. Okay, forty four and forty eight. Mm-hmm. Now we have our regular season record prediction. I think this is one that we're gonna uh, refer to over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one that you look back on. And you either feel great or you're like, I was way off. I think I missed it by a win last year. I think I had him around 92. I believe they ended with 93. It was somewhere right in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 2022 Boston Red Sox will finish with a 93-69 and 69 record. There's certain things where you just have to like say it and then hear it and then be like, okay, yeah. Feel, it feels right. It feels good. It yeah. feels right. What do you got? Um, I got a 91-71 and 71 That's fair. record. Um it's tough because there are so many good teams in the division. Obviously, I don't know if you guys have heard that. Has any, any of you heard that the AL yeah, East is going to be good guys, this year? Do you guys know the AL East looks pretty good? The Blue Jays got a lot of I love, so by the way, I'm going to cut you off real quick, go, but do it. keep that point. The Blue Jays are getting way too much love, and I love that. Mm. Like, way too many people are high on the Blue Oh, World Series. Dude, do we remember that they haven't done anything in the playoffs in a while? Like, that Bautista thing, that was in the DS. Yeah, like this yeah. team. They great. You made an ALCS like seven years ago. Like they haven't, they haven't legitimately made any any noise in the playoffs, like in my lifetime. I mean, it's been since they won the World Series in like the early nineties. I think a lot of that is like league marketing because it's young stars. I mean, yeah. everywhere across the country. I mean, it's the young stars that are getting a lot of the attention. It's the reason that you know. Uh, you could dive into it for a long time, but you know what I'm trying to say. There's yeah. a lot of young stars. They're flashy. They're Face cool. They're league hot. stuff. Yeah. You yeah, got Bichette, you got Vlanti, Springer's still one of those dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, they they got they got pieces. They got pieces. But speaking of too much love, dude, that's how I feel about the Rays. I feel like people are like shooing in the Rays. Like, okay, well, obviously the Rays will win, mm. but like, who gets the two wild card spots? And like, with, like who's gonna fight for those spots? I don't know. I don't know, man. I think that it's so easy to do the they're gonna repeat thing. Yeah. It feels like every single year in every sport, people are like, well. You know, it's going to be the team that won before. And the Rays were good. <laughs> and um, so this year when they play and they wear the shirts to say Rays, I think Rays are going to do good. Yeah. Dude, did you see last year? The Rays <laughs> won the division. Why, why do I have them win the division? Did you watch 2021? They won the division. There's, let me tell you right now, Joey, there is zero chance the Rays have triple-digit wins again. I got that no, at zero. No, I think I think there's going to be a, a battle for the top, and that's why I don't have the Sox, you know, 
uh, you know, n- touching the the hundred win mark. Well, let's be honest um, though, the over under is like eighty five and a half. So yeah, we mean, obviously, if you're if you're a, a betting uh, man or woman, bet on that. Like take take yeah. the over and take it fast. I love that. Cora, Not financial advice. No, but. no, no, but definitely is. So I love that when Cora was on here, he uh, he was like. You know, I know he sees everything. I know AC sees everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he was referring to a tweet that I had put out there. Or probably, like, I had put something out a, a, t- along the lines of, like, you got to be kidding me that the over-under is 85 and a half wins for the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Easily hammer the over. And Cora, Cora's like, I don't know, you know, if we're going to have 108 wins, 95, or like they say, 85.4. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Something about him saying 85.4. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like not point five, like, some point four. That that was like the right way to kind of give the middle finger to it. Like eighty five point four, really. Like yeah. that's get out of here. Like please. It, it also shows Cora is uh, not a betting man. We can we can no. But I think he intentionally did that to kind of make a mockery of of eighty five and a half. It's yeah. like what is it eighty five point four? Um, but no, it's going to be over. It's it's. Yeah. I'd be stunned if the Red Sox uh, win total is not over that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we get it. And I'll just break down. You know, reasons for the ninety three and sixty nine record. We understand. The starting rotation is a obvious question mark for this team. Chris Sale's a big part of that. Nathan Avaldi, this is probably my biggest concern about the rotation, isn't Sale. It's are we going to get another full, healthy, dominant season from Nathan Avaldi? Obviously, it helps he's in a contract year. It helps. And I think early on in that contract, a lot of people, myself included, were thinking, did Dombrowski give Avaldi money uh, based off of the World Series based off of that postseason run. Yeah. And I think there was an easy case to be made for yes, but he has made that contract worth it, man. Like that is I mean, what are the this what are the actual third numbers? year in a row he's your opening day starter. I know. I think yeah. the last guy to do that was Pedro. It was no, it was Lester and then Pedro. So mm-hmm. big names, big yeah, names of guys in good done company. Yeah. So he signed a four year sixty eight million dollar deal. That's seventeen million a year uh, after that twenty uh, eighteen season. Garrett Cole is making $36 million a year. So it's he's making more than double Nathan Avaldi, and that's the dude that gets rocked by the Red Sox constantly. Can only hope that happens again this year. And mm-hmm. Friday, those two guys are going up against each other. They sure are, but we'll get to that. We will get to that later. But anyway, prediction. anyway, Helker yep. Pavetta, I think they need to have a big year. Both of them have a big year. That'd be great. A lot of people in the bull predictions are riding the Nick Pavetta train. I don't blame you. I am as well. That performance against the Rays. A lot of times we're in that, like, what you saw most recently uh, standing, which I understand. But mm. um, I wouldn't get, you know, too caught up in, like, the a couple playoff performances there. Nick Pavetta is still a guy that I think understands he's in prove-it mode, understands, uh, you know, I have to, you know, show the fans why I should be a top two, top three starter on this team. And there's a, a big chance for him to do that. Garrett Whitlock. We are going to be saying that name a lot, especially in mm-hmm. in about five minutes here. Um, but there's a lot riding on what his season looks like. Hopefully he can stay healthy, knock on wood. Uh, the lineup's insane, Joey. You got Kike, Devers, Bogarts, J.D., Verdugo, Story, Dahlbeck, and then you know JBJ, Vasquez. Top seven guys in the Red Sox lineup could be over 200 home runs combined. Or just each, you know, just if they each hit 200. I mean, bucks. I guess it's physically possible, yes. Yeah. Um, They're going to get the ABs, hopefully, so just hit a home run every time. Why not? Yeah, where, where's... I feel like we're lumping Vasquez into the bottom of that lineup. No, a I know. Well, it's, it's probably it's it's probably because of JBJ and and can see. You we know, just don't want to leave him alone. Down no, there? I, I think JBJ is another guy that's going to be like, I'm not what last season was. He's going to be in that mode of like, don't. That's an outlier. I can still you know produce at the plate, even if the average isn't going to be super high. You know, Jackie's a guy that's had occasional pop. So. Mm-hmm. 
That's a lineup, dude. That's a hell of a lineup. Alex sure Gore is. is the exact guy that I would want leading this team in 2022 and beyond. It's We lose track of how brutal it is to get through a season, just to survive, mm. just to make it through 162. Mm. And you're basically the manager. You're basically the, the leader of this group of grown men that have families and that need to provide for those families and that they have drama in their lives mm-hmm. and you got to be the level-headed normal you know ease these guys kind of voice and i think core is the perfect guy for that if everything goes according to plan you're the manager for eight months a year and some people oh, it's a year right it's yeah it's a year-round thing whatever mm-hmm. but you start managing in march and hopefully it goes right to halloween that's mm-hmm. that's so much of the year it is. That's cold to cold. Uh, realistically, think about that being your everyday. I think it didn't oh, really hit me God. until we were like l- trying to lock down the Cora interview, and he was talking about like, oh, I got you know meetings, then he I have stuff. to do this, and then I have to go do this. Yeah. Like, wow, like, like <laughs> from the time Alex Cora wakes up to the time he goes to bed, doing stuff, doing stuff. He's doing you know stuff, I mean? doing stuff, and doing, doing stuff, stuff that after three weeks I would. On. <laughs> but um, like I can't imagine uh, being in that sort of leadership role. But what I thought you were going to say there is um, we forget how much it stinks to have a bad manager. Oh, I know. It's uh, fair. I mean, have a guy that you can't rally around. Yeah. It just leaves you with such a poor taste in your mouth. It's awesome to have a manager that that like, that we all uh, you know can kind of get behind. And yeah, cough, cough, you know? Bobby Valentine. I still have to watch that uh, documentary that's on the 2012 no, Red Sox. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> you're talking the Valentine experience yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, you. Don't I think have I'm gonna to watch it. That. I think I'm gonna watch it. If if it's a nice rainy day, Sox are coming off a loss. I'll watch that documentary <laughs> just to stay sad. Yeah, I'll just stay sad. So really wallowing it. Oh get man, some Schmen and berries. Dude, that was tough. Anytime I see the hundred year anniversary patch, I'm like, don't remind me, man. That was the worst year of all. <laughs> time um but no i just alex core is the guy man yeah. alex core is the perfect manager for this exact red sox team and uh i expect big things from him and the whole damn roster as do i yeah uh which leads perfectly into random prediction the random prediction random prediction. my guy or, or do you want to take it you go okay because the guy who i have um at the front of my random prediction is I don't even a guy I don't even know if you mentioned when you gave the lineup there uh, a guy who I think is going to exceed expectations in big moments. Yeah, this is a big build up here. It what is. Do, what do it, you is. it is. I'm just trying to link. I'm just trying to make a clean segue. In reality, <laughs> in reality, I just want to move to the next segment and yeah, say that uh, my say random it. prediction is Christian Arroyo gets multiple clutch hits. Uh, he just has multiple okay. moments. Are we talking walk offs. I said it without commit, saying. Commit, that. Joey. Commit. I'm going to say multiple walk-offs. Well, yes. All right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, I think, like that. I think Arroyo is also in prove-it mode, and yeah. he's also a, like uh, fighting for playing spots. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mode. So, what better way to do it than to show up when it really matters? I think that's what he's going to do. Multiple walk-offs. Write it down, Steve. What you got? Uh, Christian Royal multiple walk-offs. That's what I have to. No, just kidding. I, I that's great. I love that one. That one's really good. I mean, this is obviously like maybe the most pro Christian Royal podcast you're ever gonna find. We're just gonna find ways to be like this dude's awesome. Um, but yeah, that was I thought that was a great episode. Shout out to everybody giving good feedback on that one. But uh, good, good random prediction. Mine to wrap it up before we get to our Garrett Whitlock interview, which is coming up next, is someone will hit the ladder on the monster. I think Ooh. I think someone's gonna hit that ladder. When you go to Fenway and you look at the monster and you look at the ladder, 
it's insane that thing doesn't get hit like once a month at least. Yeah. Like it, it reminds you how big the green monster is yeah. where it's just so much of a chance to hit the wall over here, <laughs> over there. The ladder really isn't that big. I don't know, by the way, not to call AC out. I would never do that, but I'm about to maybe do it. I don't know if he knew what the ladder was for. No, he didn't. He, he said he said he didn't. I mean that. I'm yeah. kind of stunned. AC knows all things. I mean, and he, when I, he played, I mean, that, when, the when last year, score? last year the ladder was uh, was 02, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. I think the monster so, yeah, seats were 03. Here. When, when did when did he uh, when did his major league career start? Do you know? No, he was playing in the majors. See, that's the thing. I, I'm sure AC can all but guarantee AC was playing at Fenway, and probably not often because he's with the Dodgers and some other NLT. Right. But like, he was playing at Fenway when the net was there. So you know, one would assume maybe put the two together. You know, that ladder was to climb up there. By the way, that doesn't. That seems like the most I could fall off this thing job of all time. The guy that had to climb up the ladder and what just yeah. walk on the net. To get uh, the yeah, balls? I don't, maybe there's there not a, a better way to do that. No, you can't. There's not like a lever so that the net. You know, kind of empties. I'm, onto I'm the surprised field or somebody didn't fall off the the ladder guy at some point. Maybe this that's Wally's origin story. Yeah. Somebody fell into the monster. They got stuck in there. Remember, Ted fell off the monster. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about the movie Ted. Yeah, Ted fell off the monster. They, I don't remember Ted, dude. I don't remember Ted. What? 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 I don't remember Ted. You remember Ted falling off the monster? I don't remember most of Ted. What? I don't know. I mean, that movie's awesome. You and it's Boston-based. Like you have Maki the, Maki. Every, every Boston movie you have on repeat, you can name any scene from any Boston movie. I feel like you'd be a big Ted guy. All right. I have a Ted. I have a Teddy bear. 38 minutes into Black Mass. Tell me what's going on. I don't like Black Mass. Yeah, no, I mean, me neither. No. <laughs> it was, I almost fell, I think I <laughs> fell asleep in the theater watching Yeah, the it's a tough one. Uh, tough but yeah, one. Ted fell off the monster. Yep. R.I.P., sure but then did. he came back to life. Um, but yeah, I, I just think... Someone's going to hit that ladder on the monster this year. Last guy to do it was JBJ in 2017. You know what, Joey? I'm just, I, I, I think someone's going to hit the ladder, so that counts as my random prediction. But if I'm going to take a little deeper dive here, I think JBJ just does it again. We'll just have Jackie do it again. He hits sure. one of those little oppo jobs, tails right in there, hits the monster, hits the ladder on the monster, bobbles around. I think that could happen. It's going to be stunning if that's exactly what happens. I'm going to be blown away. Yeah, we'll but see. I'm but, down. I'm down to. I'm down to see. Okay, cool. Uh, that's our prediction segment. Uh, I got Rafael Devers' most home runs in baseball. I got Rafael Devers, obviously, then having the most home runs on the Red Sox. Got the Sox going 93-69 and 69 this year. That rotation, we'll see, but still feel pretty good about that. Uh, and I got someone hitting the ladder on the monster. Recap for you, Joey. Paxton, sub four. Raffi, 44 bombs. 91-71. and 71. A royal, a royo, a royal, a royo, multiple walk-offs. Thank you like, very much. I like that you really thought you did something there. Yeah. That, was, <laughs> that was good. I didn't stutter. I didn't stutter. I said something cool. No, that was really good. But <clears throat> that is our prediction segment for the 2022 Red Sox season. Now is the much-anticipated interview with... What some could argue was the MVP of the 2021 Red Sox season. I think he can make a pretty easy case for it. Uh, but just a heads up, just a real quick heads up for you guys. And this always kills me. Audio quality is my go-to thing. It's a little bit choppy uh, when Joey and I are asking questions. It was feedback off of Whitlock's phone. He didn't have any headphones, which is all good. Um, 
but just that explains that. But he gives us some great stuff in this interview. Dude. He does. He really, really does. does. He opens up. A little, I, I think he realized like, oh, these these guys are chill. Like, mm-hmm. you never know what interview you're gonna get. Like yeah. the really serious one. It's like, no, we just want to ask you about goofy stuff. You almost want to lead with like, hey, just so you know, we're not gonna do what you're used to. We ain't gonna. We're do, not gonna. We're do not gonna, gonna like do that nothing. Dog. We're not gonna do nothing. We're good hey, guys. Hey, hey, yeah, we're a couple of friends. Right? We're a couple of good guys. <laughs> we lead with that. He's yeah. gonna hang up. Oh yeah. <laughs> We did that. That would have solved everything. Hey, Garrett, with some good yeah. guys. Uh, but yeah, this, awesome. this interview's awesome. If anything, he gave us more than I expected. So that's mm-hmm. always a good thing with these interviews. But uh, like I mentioned, without further ado, the Garrett Whitlock interview after this break. Alrighty, we are here with Garrett Whitlock, Red Sox reliever, basically does everything on the pitching side. Garrett, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you on, man. Just going to dive right into it here. Uh, I'm very curious myself. How do you handle the pressure of the situations that you were in last year? I Specifically, all of them, because it never felt like you were in the game when it wasn't really a high-pressure situation. Obviously, the playoffs is a different animal. But even in the regular season, that Rangers game sticks out. There's a lot of games that stick out. How do you handle the pressure? Uh, You just try and focus on, you know, making each pitch and, uh, you know, throwing a pitch well each and every, uh, pretty much every pitch, and then just attack each and every batter, get ahead, pound the strike zone, and try and put them away right, right then. Is there any, like, specific – do you go into a different zone? Do you, like, lock into a different, like, oh, I'm in the game, this is, like, nothing's going to phase me type of zone, or is it always kind of the same? <laughs> I'm just more of thinking, like, how I'm going to attack guys and, like, try and think of it that way, try not to, you know, look at what all is going around me and everything. Like, I try and look at all that stuff, you know, when I'm not pitching and get to soak it up then. But, you know, when I am pitching, just try and kind of focus on attacking the zone and figuring out what I want to – how I want to attack each other and go about it that way. How do you stay focused in the bullpen? I've always been curious. I don't know if you guys got games going on out there or if you're just kind of chilling. Like, during the course of the game, what are you guys doing out there? Uh, for me, like, I was lucky. I had Ottavino with me all last year right there, and, you know, he was always good about, you know, rewatching hitters at bats and, you know, trying to make sure we can, you know, study up on how we would attack them based on what they've already seen in the game and based on, like, the swings they've made on the pitches that they've seen so far. And so – you know, we were trying to break down like what what hitters had already done in that game um, to try and see how we, we would attack them later on. For sure. So, Garrett, Joey, by the way, nice to meet you, man. Um, one of the first things that comes to mind when people bring up Garrett Whitlock is the Rule Five Draft because it's kind of always gets said in the same breath. Garrett Whitlock, we got him in the Rule Five Draft from the Yankees. So, my question is, how aware of are you of that whole situation while it's going on? Because I know it's a it's a confusing process. The, the whole thing. So how much are you made aware while it's happening? Or are you just given a call that says like, Hey, you're going to Boston. Oh, like of the actual, like when it actually happened. Yeah. Um, it was more of like just a call from my agent saying like, Hey, you know, like the Red Sox just took you in the rule five draft. So, you know, like uh, I'm sure someone from their front office will be reaching out shortly and everything. And um, yeah, it was, it was pretty much just like a, all right, well now we're going to Boston kind of thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If if you were to pick one person in your baseball life that is most responsible for who you are today, who would that be? Ooh, that's a that's a very loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say there's there's probably three people, and I I can't really like narrow it down to one out of those three, but 
you know, obviously both of my parents, like those, those two played a huge, a huge uh, aspect in like who I am as a person and everything like that. But, you know, pitching wise, I would say Josh Hopper, you know, he was my college pitching coach and he's now the pitching coordinator with the Pirates. But uh, I mean, he, he's the only reason that I'm, that I even could pitch in college. You know, I mean, he, he took a guy that was just long and lanky and, you know, understood how to, how to hold a ball. And he pretty much taught me everything I know pitching wise and everything. So, you know, I, I give him a, a ton of the credit. Absolutely. We had Alex Cora on for the first episode of the show. What separates him from other managers? I know you've, you know, had a lot of time with him last year, probably talking pitch and talking baseball, maybe just talking life. What separates him as a manager for the Sox, maybe as opposed to some other guys in the league? Well, so I've never had another manager. It's true. Know, yeah. League, but, <laughs> I guess other uh, coach, other managers you've had, I guess I would say. Yeah. I mean, I've been very fortunate with the managers, you know, I had the minors with the, with the Yankees and everything, but you know, AC is amazing at, you know, caring who you are as a person, you know, he doesn't just see you as like, you know, number 72 who I may use, you know, like in certain situations and stuff like that, you know, he sees me as like, Hey, you're, you're Garrett Whitlock, you know, like how's everything going? He knows my wife by name and like ask, ask me about her all the time. And like, you know, just, just cares about you as a person. And that really kind of like makes you feel like, you know, as, as a person. And so it's really nice that, that he does that. All right. Let's, let's run through the numbers from last year real quick here. 46 games, uh, 73 and a third innings, a one, one whip, 81 strikeouts, one, nine, six ERA crazy year, obviously. Um, did it ever run through your mind what the Yankees perspective might've been while you were doing that? Well, Oh man, it was so funny. I mean, I feel like all my family and friends, like we're always talking about that stuff, but you know, I was, I never tried to look at it or anything mm -hmm. like that just because, you know, like I understood, you know, like I, everyone was always like, Oh, like are you pissed off and all that stuff. You know, like I completely understand why Cashman, you know, made that decision. You know, it's, it was a smart business decision because I'm coming off TJ, you know, if I show up to spring training last year and I'm throwing 84 miles an hour and can't fill up the strike zone or anything like that, then he looks like a genius. So, you know, it was a smart business decision on his part, but, you know, it's one of those things that during COVID he couldn't see me. So it's like, I completely understood no hard feelings or anything like that. And so, you know, I'm just extremely thankful for Haim and AC for giving me the opportunity here in Boston. It hit me during the wild card game that it was interesting that you were the guy that closed out the game and ended the Yankees season. Do you think there was added meaning to it from Cora's perspective, put you in there, or that's just Whitlock's going to end it, so we'll have him end it? <laughs> I'll let I'll, that's a question for AC you know I mean he'd be the one to tell you that I for me I'll just grab the ball whenever AC hands it to me and I'm gonna throw and try and get outs until he uh, comes and takes the ball away from me it's the right mentality to have I have a quote it's kind of funny to read a quote of yours to you but I, I read this earlier today you said I'll be the janitor on this team if it means I get to stay in the big leagues so is that is that the mentality? Is it just like I will do literally anything it takes to stay here? Obviously, the fans and you know baseball people look at you as an enormous piece of this team. But is that still the mentals of like I got to do anything possible to stay here? Absolutely, I told Will Venable that last year. It was when we were on our way to uh, Minnesota last year. I was carrying the beer cooler, and uh, you know Will asked me for a drink, and I, I handed it to him, and he was like, "Wait, you know, just just keep being who you're being. Like this is awesome." I told him right then and there. We were in the elevator. I was like, I was like, shoot, well, I'd be the janitor cleaning bathrooms and all that kind of stuff if it meant I get to be a part of this team. And so, yeah, it's a hundred percent the way I view it. You know, I get to get to like talk to Sale, Eovaldi, like Kike, guys like that every single day. I mean, shoot, that's a childhood dream. Like everyone wants to be able to just hang out with those guys and you know play baseball and everything like that. I mean, that's that's still just like I just can't believe I get paid to play a kid's game for a living. You know, it's it's a 
extremely fortunate thing that I never want to take for granted. And I, I promised myself I never would. So you grew up in Georgia, right? Correct. Um, and you went to school in Alabama. Correct. So uh, what's your off season look like? Do you go back that way? And do you do some of the, the more uh, traditional Southern things you hunt fish? What do you do? Yeah. So my wife's still in grad school in, in uh, Birmingham. So we live mm. in uh, Birmingham, Alabama in the off season. Um, you know, like with COVID and everything, you know, we weren't able to travel, but we, we try and do at least one trip or something like that. But, uh, you know, I love fishing, love hunting and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I, I go home and yeah, I guess I'm a redneck when it comes to that part, but you know, I like to think that I'm more of a country boy than just a redneck. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, two pitchers in all of major league baseball last season pitched 73 plus innings and had a sub two ERA. It was you and Jacob deGrom. When you hear that, what what comes to mind? Because that's that's pretty nuts. <laughs> it, I mean, it's pretty much what you just said. The fact that you would use me in the same breath as him is kind of is kind of crazy. I mean, that guy's done it year in and year out, and you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I had a good year last year, but that's last year. You know, it's it's zero zero right now, and you know, none of that matters. I'll I'll be able to when my career's done and over with, I'll be able to look back at it and you know, smile and talk about the good old days. But you know, right now, I'm just focused on moving forward. Absolutely. We got a couple more for you, then rapid fire, and we'll get you out of here on a trivia question. I got to ask, and it was all over Twitter, which you're probably like, this is so stupid. But the, the jersey number thing uh, was was nuts. <laughs> and, I, you know, we had your back as a guy that, you know, you obviously mattered so much to that team last year. And we understand your importance to this team moving forward. And Derek Holland, he is the veteran. He comes in. I then found out via his tweets that he didn't know you had 22. So when he asked for it, it was more that he wanted the number. He didn't know you had it. What I'm stuck on, Garrett, is why when he found out you had it, that he still wanted it. I thought that would have been like, eh, maybe we let him have it. What, what was that whole jersey number thing like? <laughs> so I don't have Twitter or anything like that. So it was, it was really weird. Like the next day I'm in the training room and, and Holland comes up to me and he's just like, he's like, bro, like I had no idea 22 meant so much to you. And I was like, wait, what, what's it, what do you mean? He's like, dude, people were wearing me out on Twitter. And I felt terrible. I was like, Oh my God, dude, like, I'm so sorry. I kept apologizing to him and everything like that. And he was like, kid, you're good. Like, you know, for me, it's like, I always looked up to Rick Porcello because, you know, of, of who he was and everything like that. Well, the same way with Holland, you know, he's a veteran, you know, he's done the things he's done that. So I look up to him in that aspect. So there, I would never want to like get in the way of, you know, anything he wanted. If he wanted my dag on parking spot, I'd, I'd get on a bike and I'd park way away from the stadium and walk in, you know, it's like he deserves that because he's done it before he's been in the game. And like, you know, like that's my mentality is I will always try and serve others and especially people that like have, you know, been in the game for longer than me and someone that I can learn from. That's that Southern hospitality on display. <laughs> so, that, that clearly uh, is. I, I love that answer right there. So you don't have a Twitter? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. are we following an account that's not you? If y'all are following an account on Twitter, it's not me. I don't have Twitter. <laughs> wow. Okay. That was my last question before okay. rapid fire. Okay. That makes more sense now. Damn. <laughs> Um, yeah, it must. All right. The Red Sox follow the wrong Garrett Whitlock. Yeah. The Red Sox think it's your account. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. I don't. Okay. (laughs) All right. We're going to, we're going to close the rapid fire questions here. So this first thing that comes to mind, who has the best style on this Red Sox team? Ooh. Uh, I mean, it depends what y'all call style. You know, I've been, you know, as, as I always say, cool left me a long time ago. So I definitely don't have any. So you know, for me, I, I like Waka, who's got the boots and, you know, the, the jeans and everything like that. That, to me, is kind of style. But 
you know, the way y'all probably look at it's probably Doogie or, you know, Bobby, you know, the, the people that have like the fashion and all that kind of stuff. Makes sense. What's your favorite part about Fenway Park? Uh, you know, it's, it's probably just kind of like the, the history along with the, the fan interaction aspect. I mean, there's not much, there's no, pretty much no other ballparks where you can be sitting in the bullpen and just have people just banging on top of your, on top of your <laughs> ceiling and just like all that. So, you know, you, you definitely get up close and personal with a lot of the fans. Who is your best friend in the majors? Oh, I mean, it's gotta be Tanner Houck. I mean, that guy yeah. is like a brother to me. Which former pitcher would you want to talk pitching with the most? Uh, that, that 100% Rick Porcello. <laughs> okay, uh, that, would, that would actually make sense. Which hitter that you faced is the hardest to get out? Oh, Marcus Simeon by far. Really? Okay. Huh. So that was that was a real uh, – You're. I guess you still face him, but not as much. He'll be in Texas. Yeah, a, a lot of people ask me that this offseason. They're like, oh, like, who's the who's the hardest guy you face? And for me, it was it was Simeon. You know, it, it just seemed like, you know, he, he always had a really good approach on me. And, you know, it just was – he put together a lot of really good at bats. What is your favorite food of all time? Food? Uh, yeah. You know, anything. I mean, I love some General Tso's chicken, so it's probably that. <laughs> That's a good answer. A strong and answer. We're, we're closing with a trivia question here. Uh, uh, April 4th, it's about yourself. April 4th, 2021, who was the first batter you faced as a member of the Red Sox? Mikel Franco. I think it was Freddie Galvis, I think. Unless I looked at unless I looked it up wrong, which would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, there was so much confidence there. I could have think it was Franco, and I got him to fly out to center field. If that is correct, I owe you probably something. I don't know what I can get you that you can't get yourself, but I owe you something if I just got that answer wrong. Was it was it Freddie Galvis? Now I now you got was, me thinking. I think it was Galvis, but I'm gonna I'm gonna confirm. Joey and I will be at Fenway a lot this year, so if if I'm incorrect, I owe you something. All right. It was a flat. It was a flat to center field. I know that much. Okay. Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna dive deep into yeah. the inside the monster stats here. But uh, Garrett Whitlock, greatly appreciate you doing this, man. I know you guys are super busy, so thanks for doing this, and we'll we'll see you at Fenway. Absolutely. Thank y'all. Alrighty, that was our interview with Garrett Whitlock. See, calling him a reliever just does it like I don't want. He's not. A, he's so much bigger than that. Like, not to say reliever is not a big deal, but he's what? What do we call Garrett Whitlock? Pitching expert, a pitcher, <laughs> baseball pitcher, baseball pitcher. A, a right Garrett Whitlock pitcher. was very good on this. He absolutely was. I would love to have him back on. Uh, there was a moment where I had to really quell my quell. What is quell. that? What does that mean? I had to shut down my what is quell. Quell shut down. I don't okay. know. I had, to, I had to simmer. You can't be dropping crazy words on me. I had to indistinctify my <laughs> uh i wanted to talk to him about fishing that's all i gotta say all right so moving on uh, uh we have <laughs> you really did yeah yeah when he said that he fishes i fish i wanted to be like hey let's go fishing sometime and then i was like hey maybe maybe we can get there in yeah time. we'll get there in time that's fair uh hand up hand up it's the second time that we're doing this trivia thing which i think is going to be fun i want to do a trivia question for each player or guest that we have that's about them and mm-hmm. see if they can get it. The Coral one, I think, went well. You know, yeah. he was trying to get Matt Latos, and he said literally everything but Matt Latos. He remembered the whole event, uh, how it went down, where he hit it, and what park it was in, what team he was. Like, it was really good. Really he remembered good it was a changeup. I know, but he didn't remember it was Matt Latos. <laughs> yeah. He was, like, tall guy, right? I'm like, yeah. Um, but with Whitlock, I, for the April 4th game, that was his debut. 
I was looking at the game log. I thought he came in in a clean inning, but he got the third out of an inning. He did get Franco out. I thought it was Freddie Galvis. I owe him something now. Like I mentioned in the interview, I got to get him something now. I don't know what I can get him that he couldn't just get himself. And we haven't you know, officially told the listeners that uh, we, we checked in that Whitlock was correct, and I, but I think they knew before we even said what we just did because he said it with such uh, certainty. You know yeah. what I mean? The Whitlock came in and was like, no, I know who it is. You know, when, <laughs> yeah. guys, when guys are talking about their own careers in that tone, you can be sure, like, oh, he probably knows, doesn't he? Yeah. Isn't that t- that's tough, too? Because I, I said it with such like confidence. I'm like, <laughs> I know who it was. And he's like, you don't, <laughs> actually. actually this guy. It's exactly not yeah. who you think. We are so. going to keep the trivia alive, though. We will. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm hitting 500, so I that's not terrible. I'm one for two with those. But I wanted to keep that as a clean streak. I want that to go down as the only one I mess up was Garrett Whitlock, and I will get him something. But mm-hmm. it is time, Joey, to preview the Red Sox-Yankees opening weekend series i can't believe we're at this point it doesn't feel real because we're in new york Mm -hmm. and it's raining and the game got moved back to friday so it's like it's hard to get like yeah baseball like we're here it doesn't feel like we're here but we are it it really doesn't feel that way and as you might know Mm -hmm. i'm from new hampshire yeah it's still 28 degrees up there yeah so it doesn't it doesn't quite feel like baseball at all i think that'll change uh around I don't know, 105 p.m. come Friday. Ideally, it will. Yeah, that's the hope. Ideally, it will. We're going to jump right into it. Joey has our pitching matchups for this much-anticipated Red Sox-Yankees series. Okay. <laughs> Game one. Game one. We've got Nathan Avaldi versus Garrett Cole. Nathan Avaldi ended last year with a 3.75 ERA. His last time on the mound against Cole was in the wild card game. He pitched five and a third innings, allowing one run. Whereas Garrett Cole, in two innings, allowed three runs, uh, which is a 13-5 ERA for anybody keeping score at home. He ended the 2021 regular season with a 3.23 ERA, and this spring in five and a third is posting a 6.75. One thing that people forget about Garrett Cole last year, he had a 27 ERA against the Red Sox. Don't look it up, but he did. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was 38, but yeah. 20, yep. yep. Game two! We can assume is going to be Nick Pavetta versus Luis Severino. Severino's back. Oh, he's back, baby. And Everyone's he's better so than ever. Don't you love when his name comes up and it's like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I, I don't care that he's yeah, back. I do not care. <laughs> Pavetta last year ended the regular season with a four-five-three ERA, and in his three postseason appearances, boasted a two-six-three. Those are the first three postseason appearances of his career. Severino. Did appear in four games last year, six scoreless innings. Started just three games in 2019 before getting Tommy John and missing all of the 2020 season. And game three. Yeah, who do you got? Tanner Houck versus Jordan Montgomery. I feel good about that one. Tanner Houck uh, ended last year with a 3-5-2 after his 13 starts. He's also best friends with Garrett Whitlock, as we just learned today. Jordan Montgomery, fun fact about him, when you Google his name, the first result that comes up is the LinkedIn page of an Episcopal preach, Episcopal priest from Virginia. That's a tough one to get out. Uh, that actually only happens when you Google Tyler Montgomery. I uh, messed up his name. All good. Uh, but uh, Jordan Montgomery, uh, nicknamed Gumby. Did you know this? I didn't know that, no. Yeah, his, I saw I, it on I his Wikipedia. Gumby. I didn't want to believe it because Wikipedia, we know how the ooze went. We'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah. Then his Twitter 
is at Gumby whatever. Mm. So he actually leans right into I think it. It's just at Gumby whatever. <laughs> yeah, at Gumby whatever. Uh, fun fact about Jordan Montgomery: There is no fun fact about Jordan Montgomery. He drafted 122nd overall, and that's the funnest thing I could find about him. Alrighty, Joey. The people wanted the weather update back. The weather update's back. It's back, baby. All right. It's back, and it's better than ever. And it's going to be better than ever when we get an official sponsor for it. All right. Maybe a gummy bear company comes in. I don't know. I'm just throwing that, I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe that happens. But we're going to jump right into it. Friday, opening day, Sox, Yankees. You're going to have a high of 61. There's a chance of showers. It shouldn't be uh, an issue come first pitch. And if it is, I'm going to yell at the sky. All right. I'm going to flip out at the clouds. What, what chance are we looking at? Of, of precipitation? Yeah. I feel like it's like 70% in the morning. I think, I think the issue is the morning. Once that clears out, I think they'll be fine. Okay. Keyword think. Right. Uh, the probability of thunderstorms, Joey, it's 16%. The Not probability good. of thunderstorms off of Rafael Deva's bat, 100%. Oh, bada bang. Hey. That is Friday's weather for opening day. Saturday. First pitch is at 4.05 p.m. Eastern Standard. It's probably like 4.10. I don't even give a damn. It's 4 o'clock, whatever. High of 52. That might be the best uh, weather for for the series. It looks like it's going to be sunny, mm-hmm. chance of clouds, but it really doesn't look that bad. 25-mile-an-hour wind gusts. Doesn't sound like the best weather to me. That sounds a little bit nutty, but if it's <laughs> low 50s, high 40s, whatever. I think worst case, it'll feel like low 40s, which isn't that bad. Uh, Sunday. Sunday night baseball. It's going to be – it should be pretty cold. It's it's likely going to be around 40 degrees, 21-mile-an-hour oh, wind geez. gusts. There's not going to be any rain, though. So no rain. Love to see that. Joey, you broke degrees. down the pitching matchup. That is your weather update. What are your predictions for the series? I'm saying Sox take the first two. Okay. Yep. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's but, yeah. I thought they were going to give it. like and then, reasoning. Well, and then the, then the Yankees win the third. Okay, so Sox win two, <laughs> Yankees win one. Yeah, uh, I got the Red Sox making a statement, winning the series. I'm not going to say. I'm just saying two out of three. I think we're both saying two out of three. Yeah, uh, it would be awesome if they let Garrett Cole know that they're still his daddies. Um, and I think they honestly have a really good chance of doing that, considering this lineup is ready to mash. And I want them to mash Garrett Cole out of the game in the first few innings. We'll see if that happens. I expect Rafi to have a big start, maybe a couple of bombs in this series, keeping a very close eye on J.D. and Bogey. Uh, J.D., who knows? We'll see. This is the last year in his contract. Is it his last year in Boston? We do not know. Uh, Xander Bogarts, opt-out coming out after this season. He has an opt-out. And we don't know what's going to happen. We hope he's here. Like we told you, bring the Xander signs. You're great, Xander. Hey, Xander, love you. Go X, man. Love you, bro. Uh, that's what everyone's... Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, that was, that that's was what the sign, guys. That was the that's guy. the sign, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The bullpen. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the bullpen, Joey. But that might be a big question mark. I always love the overreactions. I'm ready for overreactions. Yeah. I'm excited about, oh, my God, can you believe such and such? And it's only like five days into the season. Expect that. You're ready, you're ready to like 
say Brazier's like the best reliever in the game because he has like a scoreless appearance. Yes, yeah. I, I am fully ready Me for too. that to let's, happen. Let's I'm go. also fully the, the first home where someone gives up. I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna have to Off obviously we're gonna have to sit him down for at least a month. But <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes, man. I think Sox win two out of three. You think Sox win two out of three? I do. Again, I can't wait for Friday because right now it's really hard to be in baseball mode when other teams are starting. That part kind of stinks that it was going to be like the first opening day game. The yeah. Sox were the only one playing at one o'clock. That part kind of stinks that they're not the first game of the year, but whatever. Now we get back-to-back Friday opening days. I don't hate that. I actually love it. I actually love it, Joe. So I'm really excited about that. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. We are wrapping up episode three, which has been another phenomenal episode. I'm going to jump right into mine. Um, this is a real thing that happened to me uh, that that just not too, that just I did. So I was watching our family dog, Bristol. Uh, over the weekend. Love right. Bristol, great pup. Golden Retriever, everybody loved him at our apartment building. Uh, he's a real fan favorite. And I had a great time. He, very low maintenance. He had a, a really tough time figuring out what elevators were. That was his first time in an elevator. We're pretty high up in our building, so he's kind of looking out the window like, this is way higher than like the normal floor two that he's on at our family house. But it was an awesome weekend. My parents were in New Hampshire for the weekend. They come back. I give them Bristol. Bristol and the parents head back uh, to Hingham. And I kid you not, Joy, I wish I was lying about this. <laughs> I have no clue where you're going with this. What? The next day, because it was really nice. I was with my dog for like three days. And and since I've moved ba- uh, back to Boston, I've missed my dog, man. Like, yeah. it's the family yeah, yeah, dog's yeah. the best. And, and Bristol's awesome. I genuinely did this i went to my phone to text my dog great (laughs) (laughs) oh wowza i went to my phone to text my dog like great weekend bro and again this is what you what you and i we're busy guys all right we're putting a lot of work into this show we love that you guys love it but we're putting a lot of effort into inside the monster and Monday was a really busy day, and I was just kind of taking a seat back. I was chilling for a second, and I was about to text my dog, great weekend, bro. You're just sitting there thinking, like, man, I had a great time with Bristol. I had a great time with my I'm dog. I'm going to text him. Yeah, I'm going to text him. I'm going <laughs> to let him know. Great, great weekend, bro. I was going to text my dog. <laughs> Did you end up, like, texting the parents, like, yo, I, I forgot Bristol doesn't have a phone. Do you mind relaying this message to him? I was genuinely going to text him. That's, like that's wild. Are you feeling good now? Are you feeling all right? I, no, I feel fine. It's just like I had a real moment with myself where I, I was just like, "What? You were about to text your dog? What are you talking about?" It'd be pretty sick if you could. It you know, would be could, like, sick, dude. Like a big part of the human to dog relationship is that mm-hmm. there are no words. That it's like yeah. an unspoken bond. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I wanted there to be words, and uh, that was kind of ridiculous. So, what is your your closing thought? It'd, Mine's that I almost texted my dog. It'd be cool if you could, if there was some kind of app where you could like give your dog a, a treat from where you are, yeah. you know, like dispense a treat, but it also like releases Steve's voice, yeah, or your smell or something into the room. Exactly. So the Bristol's like, wow, Steve just gave me a treat. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple of thoughts. They're going to be quick. First of all. We got a DM about how we were talking about Jonathan Arauz and Arauz. his nickname being The Ooze on Wikipedia. The Panamanian. One of, our, one of the Panamaniacs. Someone said Panamaniac. Yeah, Panamaniac. Said, Shout yeah. out to that male. Um, I also didn't write down the name of this guy who DM'd us, but he is responsible for why it says The Ooze on guy, Wikipedia. Right? Not him. No? Different, different guy. Oh, okay. Uh, 
but yeah, that you were you like, I don't know if we can down? trust. No, so you're just shouting out the guy. Sheesh. You want me to look it up? No, that's fine. It's just a whole we're thing. No, we're Next episode, out the guy. we do we do belated shoutouts. Okay, which leads in perfectly to my second thing. Shout out, big socks guy. I owe you such a huge shout out, dude. I uh, was very much inspired by a tweet of yours. Uh, when coming up with my surprise MVP pick being JD, you had some a tweet about some JD stats. I use those JD stats in this show. I didn't mention you. I meant to, and then I meant to shout you out, shout you out last episode. Also forgot to do that. Now, my real closing thought here is going to be a very, very short one. Yeah. I used to love New York City. Oh, it's tough, man. Then I grew up. Yeah. What a stinky pile of human urine this place is. It's not great. It is a floating garbage pile. Yeah. It is just where all the trash goes, mm-hmm. and it stinks, and it's hot, and it's not It's not how humans are supposed to live. Imagine taking our ancestors from like 10,000 years ago and plopping them in the middle of Hudson Square. Holy cow. I don't like it here very much uh, whatsoever, and I'm pretty sure I stepped in someone's urine today. Okay. <clears throat> A lot of good coughs today. <laughs> it's like your exclamation point on your point. And what like, do you got to say about what that? What do you got about that? I said a big thing about New York. Mr. No, Mayor. I was living here for five years. New York is tough, man. It's worse in the summer. It is definitely worse in the summer. It's gross. Because that urine you're talking about gets some sun on it, and then it really mm. stinks. Mm. Then it really starts floating up some awful perfume into the air. So, yeah, I, I really... Didn't I didn't love this place. I didn't hate this place. It's, it's a weird relationship with New York. Obviously, the first thing that comes to mind, at least for me, is the Yankees. So, of course, you hate them. And it's, you know, hate for the Yankees is continuing to fade because they're just not really a competitor for the Red Sox. Like, it's right, no, no. the ending their season in the wild card game was great. They had that cute little weekend where they swept the Sox at Fenway and they thought they were all great. They didn't even win a playoff game last year. The Yankees haven't won the World Series since 2009. I think Yankee fans are they're losing ammo. They have very little ammo, and the smart ones understand you can't even use 27 rings anymore because a lot of those were when TVs didn't even exist. So, yeah, man, I mean, we're in a really good spot as Red Sox fans, and there's so much momentum going into the season coming off the ALCS last year. Red Sox are going to bring the energy. Fans, you got to bring the energy. We know you will. This is going to be an awesome season, and... I honestly just can't wait. I can't wait for first pitch. I want to be an opening day vibes. I want those opening day moments. Again, it's raining in New York right now and it stinks, but we're very close to opening day. I'm insanely excited. You guys are insanely excited, and it's going to be a fun season. And if you're in New York City, this stinky hellhole that we're in, and you want to say hi to us at opening day, we'll be there. And I'll also be wearing uh, whatever Steve... Uh, has chosen for me to wear. Yes, I have brought that with me. It is a costume. I will not say what it is, but we will debut it on the Inside the Monster Instagram. I think that's the spot for it. Yep. And maybe the Twitter, too. We'll see. Maybe TikTok. Um, yeah, knows? just maybe everywhere. But uh, maybe the YouTube. Who knows? But, dude, 2022 Red Sox. Opening day is here. We're excited. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do the damn thing. Do the damn thing. For Joey Capone. I'm Steve Peralt. We will be back very soon for you folks after this first series of the season. Go Sox, kid. Inside the Monster is a production of Odyssey in partnership with the Boston Red Sox. The show is produced by me, Steve Peralt. Our executive producer is Lena Glazer. Mixing and video editing by Joey Capone. Special thanks to the Red Sox and Major League Baseball for their contributions to the production of this podcast. (laughs) 